0: Hey guys, welcome to the Bitcoin Fortress podcast, helping you increase your financial freedom. This is episode 104, recorded here on February 25th, 2024. This podcast is for entertainment only is not investing advice, so please do your own homework. Lots of news this week. Uh, so we'll get right into it we'll start with the market update and outlook stock markets in the united states europe and japan set record highs this week after nvidia reported blowout quarterly earnings results and strong guidance after the closing bell wednesday insatiable demand quote for the company's artificial intelligence chips lifted the stock more than 16 percent leading the company to briefly surpass a two trillion dollar valuation and help propel the broader market investors have been walking back expectations for Federal Reserve rate cuts which normally would be a headwind for the market but the performance of Nvidia and other big techs has pushed Fed worries into the background As a result, all three major market averages registered winning weeks. The S&P 500 advanced 1.6%. The tech-heavy NASDAQ composite gained 1.4%, and the Dow Jones rose 1.3% for the period. Looking ahead, the economic calendar for the week uh, includes fresh data on new home sales, durable orders, and construction prices. Analysts think bond yields could push higher if inflation expectations return following the higher-than-expected CPI and PPI reports for January. The Marquet event for inflation watchers could be the release of the core PCE uh, number on February 29th. The release is considered the Federal Reserve's favorite inflation gauge and could move the meter with interest rate expectations. In the tech sector, analysts expect another dramatic week for semiconductor stocks after NVIDIA's earnings report set the Santa Clara-based company's shares up more than 20% and led to strong rallies for AMD, Supermicro, Arm, Marvell Technology, and Micron, to name just a few. Earnings calendar includes key releases from Lee Auto, Lowe's, eBay, and Anheuser-Busch InBev. jumping into the bitcoin top bitcoin news this week uh again lots of stuff to go over so this will be a little bit longer episode so settle in uh first is the week in review from bitcoin.com so we'll see what they have here that's not uh that's related to bitcoin we won't be talking about chip coin stuff here the uh, first one is uh, BlackRock has amassed nearly 110,000 Bitcoins for its spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund ETF, the iShares Bitcoin Trust, IBIT is the ticker. Since its launch about a month ago, the world's largest asset manager's Bitcoin ETF has a total net inflow of nearly 5 billion dollars, leading the pack among all spot Bitcoin ETFs. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink has stated that he is now a big Bitcoin believer. Oh boy, Uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad author Robert Kiyosaki expects the price of Bitcoin to reach $100,000 by June this year. This prediction aligns with his earlier forecast of Bitcoin's rise and gold's decline. Kiyosaki recently increased his Bitcoin holdings in anticipation of a price surge fueled by the recent approval of Spot Bitcoin Exchange Traded Funds and the upcoming Bitcoin halving. uh as the bitcoin network nears its fourth halving event numerous market watchers and cryptocurrency enthusiasts are curious about whether the price will experience a temporary decline before the halving occurs historically bitcoin's value has surged six to seven months ahead of halvings yet there's been, consistently been a significant decrease before the subsequent increase that follows the reward halving event Moving on here, and so the next three articles are really uh, that I'm going to go over are really related to this. This first one here is more of an introduction article. Uh, this is on the recently released uh, Satoshi emails. So this article is uh, was posted on February 23rd on Cointelegraph. And again, I'll include links to all these uh, in the show notes if you want to look at it for yourself. Articles entitled Newly Released Satoshi Emails Reveal a Treasure Trove of Early Bitcoin Lore. A litany of insights into the early days of cryptocurrency were were recently revealed when Bitcoin creator Satoshi Nakamoto's earliest collaborator, Marty Malmi, published 120 pages of email correspondence between the two on on GitHub on February 23rd. The true identity of Nakamoto remains a point of conjecture throughout the greater cryptocurrency and blockchain community. However, the emails recently published on GitHub by Malmi were initially introduced as evidence in a London court case brought by the Crypto Open Patent Alliance against Craig Wright, who has claimed to be Nakamoto. Uh, based on Cointelegraph's cursory examination of the emails, there are no smoking guns or telltale revelations that would immediately shine a light on Satoshi's true identity. But for historians and Bitcoin lore enthusiasts, the emails include many fantastic quotes and a general air of satoshiness that same straightforward, simple yet comprehensive, no-nonsense style that permeates the Bitcoin white paper. Uh, while it's long been posited that Satoshi themselves came up with the term cryptocurrency, one email sent to Malmi on June 11, 2009 appears to poke a major hole in this theory. Per Satoshi, someone came up with the word cryptocurrency. Maybe it's a word we should use when describing Bitcoin. Do you like it? To Malmi's credit, he responded that it sounds good and added that it sounded more interesting than digital P2P cash. Malmi's email correspondence also demonstrates Satoshi's keen understanding of anonymity which it meant What it meant and what the risks of misinformation could mean for Bitcoin as Satoshi wrote in one email I think we should de-emphasize the anonymous angle with the popularity of Bitcoin addresses instead of sending by IP We can't give the impression it's automatically anonymous. It's possible to be pseudonymous, but you have to be careful the email continues to essentially predict the rise of Bitcoin blockchain forensics. If someone digs through the transaction history and starts exposing information people thought was anonymous, the backlash will be much worse if we haven't prepared expectations by warning in advance that you have to take precautions. Next article is from Bitcoin.com uh, along the same topic. This was posted yesterday. Articles entitled, Bitcoin Scalability Foreseen by Satoshi Nakamoto to Outpace Visa, Historic Email uh, Reveals. Satoshi Nakamoto, in a detailed correspondence with Marty Sirius Malmi, outlines the essential features of Bitcoin, emphasizing its potential to secure wealth and strong encryption and the importance of backing up private keys. Nakamoto highlights the prioritization of features based on the evolving value of Bitcoins, underscoring the developmental focus and security uh, on security and user accessibility. The email labeled number three reveals Nakamoto's plans for implementing an escrow feature to facilitate safer physical trades and the eventual settlement of the digital currency with fiat money. This strategic approach showcases Nakamoto's forward thinking in creating a robust framework for Bitcoin's integration into the broader economy. I plan to work on the escrow feature next, which is needed to make actual trades for physical stuff safer and before backing the currency with fiat money can begin, Nakamoto explained on May 3, 2009. Addressing network connectivity and the importance of node participation, Nakamoto thanks Sirius for his consistent support. The discussion transitions to technical support for users and frequently asked questions, illustrating Nakamoto's commitment to fostering a user-friendly environment and the importance of community contribution to Bitcoin's infrastructure. Through a question and answer format, Nakamoto explains the Bitcoin blockchain's inner workings, emphasizing the transparent and decentralized verification process. This section demystifies the blockchain for newcomers, showcasing Nakamoto's powerful ability to simplify complex concepts. When Nakamoto was told by a newcomer that they were not clear what the blocks feature describes, Bitcoin's inventor provided a succinct answer. It is the total number of blocks in the blockchain, meaning the network's blockchain, which has everyone has a copy of, Nakamoto said. Every Bitcoin node displays the same number. And it goes up about every 10 minutes whenever someone generates a block. The inventor continued, When you haven't had it running for a while, once you're connected, it spins up rapidly as it downloads what was generated while you were gone to catch up. I'm not sure exactly how to describe it. That would fit on the status bar in one word, maybe two words max. Any ideas? (laughs) On Bitcoin scalability, Nakamoto confidently states that Bitcoin can surpass existing payment networks, like Visa, in transaction capacity, with Moore's Law ensuring the network's ability to handle growth. The inventor's optimism about scalability contradicts today's common criticisms, providing a solid rebuttal to concerns over Bitcoin's future performance. There is only one global chain, Nakamoto said. The existing Visa credit card network processes about 15 million internet purchases per day worldwide. Bitcoin can already scale much larger than that with existing hardware for a fraction of the cost. It never really hits a scale ceiling. If you're interested, I can go over the ways it would cope with extreme size. By Moore's law, we can expect hardware speed to be 10 times faster in 5 years and 100 times faster in 10. Even if Bitcoin grows at crazy adoption rates, I think computer speeds will stay ahead of the number of transactions. Nakamoto further discusses on-chain transaction fees as an optional mechanism for prioritizing transactions, indicating a market-driven approach to network maintenance. The creator of Bitcoin noted then that they hadn't anticipated the necessity for on-chain fees anytime soon but acknowledged that should the need arise, it was feasible to operate a node dedicated to processing transactions that included a fee. The fee the market would settle on should be minimal, Nakamoto stressed. If a node requires a higher fee, that node would be passing up all transactions with lower fees. It could do more volume and probably make more money by processing as many paying transactions as it can. The transition is not controlled by some human in charge of the system though, just individuals reacting on their own to market forces. The email also touches on the security of the Bitcoin network, stressing that its robustness increases with network growth Nakamoto acknowledges the system's initial vulnerabilities, but argues that the network's design inherently discourages theft through its economic model. A key aspect of Bitcoin is that the security of the network grows as the size of the network, and the amount of value that needs to be protected grows, Nakamoto detailed. The downside is that it's vulnerable at the beginning when it's small, although the value that could be stolen should always be smaller than the amount of effort required to steal it. If someone has other motives to prove a point, they'll just be proving a point I already concede. In essence, Satoshi Nakamoto's perspective on Bitcoin uncovers an extensive blueprint for a digital currency that is decentralized, capable of scaling, and secure, all distilled into just one of Malmy's many emails. Nakamoto's recently released writings of over 100 emails will probably undergo a thorough examination and significant scrutiny throughout 2024 and the next article also on the same topic uh, since this one is pretty fascinating uh, this one was posted on february 23rd on coindesk articles entitled satoshi anticipated bitcoin energy debate in email thread with early collaborators In a recently released batch of emails posted by marty sirius malmi an early collaborator on bitcoin's code Satoshi Nakamoto warned that the cryptocurrency, now the world's largest digital asset, could become an energy guzzler. The email release comes as Craig Wright is on trial in a case brought by the Crypto Open Patent Alliance to determine whether he is indeed Satoshi Nakamoto, the anonymous creator of Bitcoin. Proof of work is the only solution i found to make P2P eCash work without a trusted third party, Satoshi wrote in May 2009, calling proof-of-work fundamental to coordinating the network and preventing double-spend. Proof-of-work is a consensus algorithm used in cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin to secure the network and prevent double-spending by requiring miners to solve complex computational puzzles, which in turn validates transactions and adds new blocks to the blockchain. Proof of work is at the center of a debate around Bitcoin's energy consumption. While the cryptocurrency industry points to miners' use of clean or orphaned power, which would otherwise go to waste, critics are laser-focused on the raw numbers of energy consumption it generates. As a result, some jurisdictions like New York State or British Columbia have placed moratoriums on Bitcoin mining, citing the high energy consumption. If it did grow to consume significant energy, I think it would still be less wasteful than the labor and resource intensive conventional banking activity it would replace, Satoshi wrote. The cost would be an order of magnitude less than the billions in banking fees that pay for all those brick and mortar buildings, skyscrapers, and junk mail credit card offers. (laughs) 2021 research from Galaxy Digital showed that Bitcoin uses half the energy of the banking or gold mining industries. Ironic if we end up having to choose between economic liberty and conservation, Satoshi continued. Blockchain serving as a sort of open source notary was one non-financial use of Bitcoin that Satoshi saw in the technology, which would allow users to securely timestamp documents to prove their existence at a specific point in time. Bitcoin is a distributed secure timestamp server for transactions, Satoshi wrote, a few lines of code could create a transaction with an extra hash in it of anything that needs to be time stamped. Satoshi was also concerned that labeling bitcoin as a sort of investment might bring legal scrutiny from authorities. There are a lot of things you can say on the sourceforge site that I can't say on my own site, he wrote. Even so, I'm uncomfortable with explicitly saying consider it an investment. That's a dangerous thing to say, and you should delete that bullet point. It's okay if they come to that conclusion on their own, but we can't pitch it as that. Indeed, in the time since, the Securities and Exchange Commission has engaged in a long campaign of legal warfare around the use of this word and might classify cryptocurrencies as a security and crypto exchanges as dealing with unregistered securities. Except for Bitcoin, of course. So anyway, these um, these emails uh, were quite interesting. Um, again, doesn't really reveal too much about uh, more about Satoshi that we don't already know. <clears throat> but still, uh, some of the discussion is quite uh, quite interesting and and um, uh, relevant, I think, uh, to us today now we're going to get into some fud so uh, we'll start with the the big one of the week Uh, this is from bitcoin.com news sorry bitcoinnews.com this was posted on february 23rd ecb denounces bitcoin etfs as quote naked emperor's new clothes The European Central Bank remains skeptical of Bitcoin despite the approval of 11 spot Bitcoin exchange exchange traded funds uh, applications by the United States Securities and Exchange Commission on January 10th, likening them to Naked Emperor's new clothes. On February 22nd, Ulrich Binsile, the Director General overseeing the Market Infrastructure and Payments Division at the ECB, along with Jurgen Schaff, an advisor within the same division, penned an article featured on the ECB's official blog. The title of the blog post by ECB is ETF Approval for Bitcoin, the Naked Emperor's New Clothes. The officials have stated that the approval from the USSEC for spot Bitcoin ETFs does not prove that the leading digital asset is safe for investments. Additionally, the ECB is not convinced that the succeeding rally in the price of Bitcoin is proof of an unstoppable triumph, the central bankers have emphasized that, as per their belief, the price of Bitcoin is still zero. The post states, for society, a renewed boom-bust cycle of Bitcoin is a dire perspective, and the collateral damage will be massive, including the environmental damage and the ultimate redistribution of wealth at the expense of the less sophisticated. BinSail and Schaff contend that Bitcoin has fallen short of its initial vision as a universal decentralized digital currency. Hmm. I wonder why they think that. Their argument extends to the assertion that Bitcoin deemed inadequate as an investment vehicle lacks the capacity to generate cash flow or dividends, remains unproductive in practical use, and ultimately fails to provide any tangible social benefit or subjective appreciation based on exceptional capabilities. The bankers believe that the rally in the price is a dead cat bounce, and might have been driven by the approval of spot etfs but the price surge could turn out to be a flash in the pan the report adds there is no proof of price in a speculative bubble instead a reflation of the speculative bubble shows the effectiveness of the bitcoin lobby the ecb still believes that its job to it, that its job to control bitcoin is not complete yet and the institution aims to maintain vigilance and safeguard society against the perils of money laundering cybercrime and financial losses especially for those less informed about digital assets they also seek to address the environmental damage done by bitcoin as reported earlier by bitcoin news in may 2019 ecb published a report titled crypto-assets implications for financial stability, monetary policy, and payments, and market infrastructures to study the potential impact of digital assets on monetary policy and economic development. The institution said that virtual currencies do not have any impact on the real-world economy, adding that they can only impact economic developments if they can become a credible substitute for cash and transactions. Digital assets are very, very risky assets," noted Mario Draghi, who served as the president of the European Bank at the time. The ECB also currently focused on the development of a central bank digital currency, which it believes will strengthen and stabilize the region's economy. Uh, there's so much wrong with this that it, it it's hard to know where to start, um, but. First of all, the, uh, the ECB's currency, the euro, has lost 99% of its value against Bitcoin uh, since it first came out. So that's probably good to know. Uh, secondly, uh, the, ECB, the European Union tends to be, uh, well, let's say communist in the way that they approach uh, regulations and other things. Clearly, they want to control the money. Bitcoin is a major threat to them. And uh, so they spew this kind of stuff out. Um, Bitcoin's success speaks for itself. Um, The growth in the network, the growth in hash rate. Um, I'm not a fan of uh, Bitcoin ETFs. It's just created another source of demand and probably a security hole uh, for government confiscation down the road uh, that people should be careful about. But uh, it's also created uh, a steady source of demand Uh, On support for the price and um, you know Bitcoin is is really the best money we've ever seen and it actually works as money Uh, and there's lots of technology being built out um, to perfect that Um, so anyway um, these guys are just totally retarded next article is from Bitcoin magazine and again, some more FUD. Uh, we're uh, talking about Nigeria again, who keeps flip-flopping. You know, first they, first they allowed Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, then they banned it, then they unbanned it. Now they're banning it again um, as their currency continues to collapse. Uh, oh, and that's one other thing too. There was an article I saw this week that uh, I forget how many currencies says uh, twelve or something like 12 to 15 uh currencies in the world are hitting all-time highs uh or bitcoin is hitting all-time highs versus those currencies uh, this year and i think you're just going to see more and more of those and the dollar is probably going to be last on that list but it's time is coming um can't keep a ponzi going forever anyway Uh, This article was posted on February 22nd. Nigeria blocks access to Coinbase, Binance, and Kraken as Naira falls to record lows. Nigeria has taken drastic measures in an attempt to stabilize its plummeting national currency, the Naira, by blocking access to major cryptocurrency exchanges, reported the Financial Times. This move comes as the Nigerian government attempts to crack down on currency speculation amid record lows for the Naira. The Nigerian Communications Commission issued orders to telecoms companies late on Wednesday to restrict consumer access to websites of major cryptocurrency platforms like Binance, Coinbase, and Kraken. As a result, consumers experienced only intermittent access to these sites on Thursday. Bio Onanuga, special advisor information and strategy to the president of Nigeria, took to X to say a local report of the government blocking access to the exchanges was correct. Cryptocurrency exchanges have played a big role in establishing unofficial market prices for the Naira, with platforms like Binance often serving as benchmarks for local foreign currency exchange rates. The government's move to block access to these platforms is an effort to regain control over the currency valuation of the Naira. Binance, facing regulatory showdown in many countries and causing disruptions in the currency market, should not be allowed to dictate the value of the Naira, not... On its crypto exchange platform onanuga further stated crypto should be banned in our country or else this bleeding of our currency will continue unabated nigeria's adoption of rash methods to defend its currency including shutting down price-setting websites and declaring certain cryptocurrency entities illegal highlights the challenges the country faces in managing Its economic stability. Nigeria's national currency has lost over seventy percent of its value since their central bank lifted its dollar peg in June. And all I can say is, coming soon to a fiat currency near you. So, be prepared, folks. This one is a little bit of fud. This was posted three days ago. Max Kaiser, notable, uh, notably, you know, puts out stuff that's pretty. raw so i guess uh, you know you have to take it with a grain of salt i guess uh, as we do with everything that we hear but uh this one is from bitcoin.com articles entitled max kaiser warns of government seizing bitcoin and etfs predicts 1987 style crash as bitcoin rises to $500,000." bitcoin advocate max kaiser expressed concerns about spot bitcoin exchange traded funds and a potential market crash, while sharing a bold Bitcoin price prediction on social media platform X this week, he wrote, "1987 style crash coming. Bitcoin, the ultimate safe haven, will soar past 500,000. Gold will continue getting demonetized by Bitcoin. Bitcoin ETFs and domestic Bitcoin miners will get seized by U.S. government." On Thursday, Kaiser commented on New York Attorney General Letitia James's potential move to seize assets from former U.S. President Donald Trump if he fails to pay the $355 million penalty. He explained that if the authorities can seize Trump's assets, then they can certainly seize Bitcoin held by spot Bitcoin ETFs as well as commandeer U.S. Bitcoin miners. He then advised investors to self-custody their Bitcoin or they may lose them. Governments around the world regularly seize Bitcoin held on centralized crypto exchanges, with the U.S. government being one of the top confiscators, often as part of criminal investigations. Several other countries have been active in seizing cryptocurrencies, as evidenced by the UK's police, U.K. police's recent disclosure of a 61,000 Bitcoin seizure from a major Chinese investment fraud, and German authorities' January report of a 50,000 Bitcoin seizure. Meanwhile, Spot Bitcoin ETFs have hit record trading volume since they launched in early January. MicroStrategy's executive chairman Michael Saylor said last week that Bitcoin has become the world's most popular investment asset. Coinbase is the custody of, custodian of eight out of 11 Spot Bitcoin ETFs approved by the United States Securities and Exchange Commission. What's even more important? is that every institution is now starting to hold crypto. The asset class will be a standard part of every diversified portfolio, Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong said last week. Many investors believe the combined factors of growing demand for spot Bitcoin ETFs and the approaching Bitcoin halving will significantly boost Bitcoin's price. Fundstrat's head of research foresees Bitcoin hitting $150,000 this year. He calls Bitcoin sound money. Rich Dad, Poor Dad author Robert Kiyosaki expects Bitcoin's price to reach 100000 by June of this year. So, uh, you know, I can't argue with Max here. I think that's why we focus on self-custody, why we don't hold our Bitcoin on exchanges, why we don't really want to invest in Bitcoin ETFs uh, is because, uh, you know, the government's going to have a really hard time taking it. Now, if the government does seize Bitcoin, uh, that's uh, held centrally, whether it's custodied by Coinbase or, or or now the banks want to get into the action, and they've all petitioned the SEC to change the rules so that they're, uh, it's less costly for them, I guess, to in order to um, custody Bitcoin, mostly because they just want to get in on the action uh, and, and that uh, Coinbase is getting. Um, but you know, if the government did actually take property in that way, you know, seizing Bitcoin, um, seizing, um, you know, miners, a la the, you know, the gold confiscation that happened, uh, during the Roosevelt administration. Um, that's a real problem. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're living in the United States and that happens, that's, that is a, uh, major breakdown in, uh, private property rights and, uh, might want to think about moving to a different state maybe the state can uh, keep the federal government at bay or, uh, or move somewhere else because uh, that's going to be crazy if that actually happens but is it possible yes is it probable no uh, not right now but uh, you know why take chances you know not your keys not your coins Okay next article is uh, this one is from Z crypto this is uh, this was posted on february twenty third Trump softens his stance on Bitcoin. I can live with it one way or the other now we don't we don't really care about politicians. they'll say whatever they want to say to get elected and then do the opposite when they do get elected, but uh, it's always interesting to see when there's a change of tone and so here it says former United States President Donald Trump seems to have softened his view on bitcoin marking a notable deviation from his previous hardline stance despite maintaining his preference for a us dollar in the uh, in a january or sorry a wednesday interview the republican frontrunner acknowledged the dominant cryptocurrency's growing popularity and demand back in 2019 while still in office donald trump publicly asserted he was not a fan of bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies arguing that they are not money and their value is based on thin air he also reportedly ordered the treasury secretary to go after bitcoin and also called the top crypto a scam in another fox interview let's also not forget that trump's administration was known for its efforts to stonewall spot bitcoin etfs and attempted to ban self-hosted wallets since then he seemed to have eased his stance speaking to fox news during a town hall event in south carolina on wednesday alongside south carolina senator tim scott trump observed that Many people are embracing Bitcoin, and that as more people want to pay with Bitcoin, he can live with it one way or the other. He followed his comments by talking about plans to regulate the crypto sector. It's taken on a life of its own. The former president stated, you probably have to do some regulation. Some crypto observers attributed the change in tune to pro-Bitcoin Vivek Ramaswamy, a former Republican candidate who supported Trump after dropping out of the White House race earlier this year. Ramaswamy has been both a champion of the cryptocurrency industry and against the launch of central bank digital currencies. In other words, Trump's U-turn is likely politically motivated to garner more votes from the growing crypto sphere ahead of the 2024 uh, presidential election. And I would agree that's probably correct. Trump's softer stance on Bitcoin doesn't necessarily mean now he is anti-dollar, however. I've always liked one currency. I call it a currency. I like the dollar, he explained. Trump believes CBDCs are dangerous, and promised to never allow the Federal Reserve to create a digital dollar if re-elected. Meanwhile, his biggest competitor, Joe Biden, is skeptical of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general. Biden previously proposed several measures to rein in crypto, including a 30% tax on crypto mining operations and releasing a scathing report bashing crypto for ignorance of basic economic principles. With that being said, the Securities and Exchange Commission gave the regulatory nod in January to the first spot Bitcoin ETFs in the US. Uh so again, uh probably just uh, politically uh you know, it's just uh, politically expedient. Um but, you know, it's uh it's better than uh, him being vocally ag- uh, against it like he was before. Also, one thing to remember about the Trump administration is uh they're they're actually the ones that uh Decided to use the Espionage Act and charge uh, Ju- Julian Assange and try to expedite him to the uh, extradite him to the U.S. So um, you have to take everything into consideration when you look at your political leaders. Uh, next up is uh, from Bitcoin This uh, now we're moving from the FUD into the uh, into the opium. So uh, this one here was uh, posted today, Carson Group boldly handpicks Bitcoin ETFs for its clients. In the fiercely competitive landscape of US-listed spot Bitcoin exchange traded funds, leading registered investment advisory firm Carson Group, with $30 billion on its platform, has strategically approved four out of the recently launched 10 offerings to be offered to its clients. The Omaha, Nebraska-based firm's vice president investment strategist Grant Engelbart sheds light on the firm's focus on significant asset growth and trading volume in the selection process, emphasizing the critical aspects that guided their decisions. This strategic move positions Carson Group as a discerning player in the dynamic Bitcoin ETF market, offering its clients a curated selection of investment options. Among the approved ETFs are BlackRock's 6.6 billion iShares Bitcoin Trust IDIT is the ticker and Fidelity's 4.8 billion dollar Wise Origin Bitcoin uh, fund FBTC both attracting significant investor inflows. We feel it is important to offer these products from two of the largest asset managers in the industry Engelbart stated. Notably, both firms boast in-house digital asset research teams contributing to the continued growth management and education surrounding these products. This highlights Carson Group's commitment to providing its clients with reliable and well-informed investment choices. Additionally, Bitwise Bitcoin ETF and Franklin Templeton Bitcoin ETF have secured a spot on Carson's approved list. Engelbart emphasized that these two, despite being smaller, stand out as some of the least expensive options in the space, charging eventual fees of 02 and 0.19% respectively. By including more cost-effective options, Carson Group ensures a diverse range of choices for its clients catering to varying investment preferences. Platform approval is a pivotal factor for Bitcoin ETF seeking access to financial advisors and their retail clients. Horsley, chief executive of Bitwise, told Bloomberg, over half of US wealth is part of a platform and can only use a product once it's approved. We frequently hear, I want access to Bitcoin, but our platform hasn't approved anything yet. The platforms are busy, but now that there are ETFs and a few uh, over a billion assets under management, they're doing the work. Carson Group's careful selection aligns with the broader industry trends as financial advisors oversee trillions of dollars, making platform approvals a potential catalyst for fund growth. While some platforms like Fidelity and Charles Schwab have made the funds available for registered investment advisors, others such as LPL Financial are adopting a wait-and-see approach, Vanguard on the other hand has chosen to restrict access to Bitcoin ETFs through its brokerage. The landscape for Bitcoin ETFs has undergone notable evolution, with 4 out of the 11 introduced funds achieving net inflows exceeding $1 billion. Recent data from Farside indicates total net inflows of $232 million into Bitcoin spot ETFs on February 23rd. BlackRock's IBIT saw a single-day net inflow of $167 million, demonstrating strong performance and investor appeal. Carson Group's decision to integrate select Bitcoin ETF aligns with the growing trend of increasing assets under management and trading volumes, positioning the firm as a forward-thinking player and industry leader in the financial advisory space. So uh, good for adoption, don't really like the ETFs that much, but this uh, certainly will drive uh, volume, which will drive price, which is not a bad thing at all. Uh, Next up is also from BitcoinNews.com, I actually find this to be a really good source uh, for uh, Um, you know news articles this one was posted today uh, and again more hopium fidelity highlights bitcoin's potential to reach six trillion dollar market cap bitcoin the world's leading digital asset has been subject of intense speculation regarding its potential market cap growth fidelity investments a prominent financial firm has weighed in on this debate, suggesting that Bitcoin could achieve a market capitalization of $6 trillion. The analysis provided by Fidelity's Director of Global Macro, Jurian Timmer, explores the factors driving this bold prediction. Timmer's analysis draws parallels between Bitcoin and the monetary gold market, which encompasses gold held by central banks and private investors for monetary purposes. Currently valued at around $6 trillion, this market represents a significant portion of the global wealth. Timmer suggests that Bitcoin, with its finite supply and growing acceptance as a store of value, could capture a quarter of this market. He stated, I estimate that Bitcoin will eventually capture around a quarter of the monetary gold market. At 40%, monetary gold is currently worth around $6 trillion, while Bitcoin is worth $1 trillion. Bitcoin's current market capitalization stands at approximately 1 trillion, a fraction of the monetary gold market. However, Timmer believes that Bitcoin's valuation could soar fivefold to reach the $6 trillion mark. This growth potential is fueled by the increasing recognition of Bitcoin's role as a hedge against economic instability and currency devaluation. Timmer also considers the impact of Bitcoin halving events on its price trajectory. Historically, these events which reduce the rate Of new Bitcoin issuance have led to significant price increases. However, Timmer suggests that the diminishing returns from future halvings could temper Bitcoin's growth rate over time. To to project Bitcoin's future price, Timmer introduces a modified stock-to-flow model that accounts for diminished halving effects. This model aligns Bitcoin's supply dynamics more closely with those of gold, leading to hypothetical price projections of approximately 100000 by the end of 2024. However, Timmer acknowledges the inherent uncertainties in the Bitcoin market, including regulatory changes and competition from other digital assets. Timmer's analysis highlights Bitcoin's potential to reshape the global wealth distribution and emerge as a significant asset class. Factors such as scarcity, increasing adoption, and institutional interest support the bullish outlook for Bitcoin. However, There are also challenges and uncertainties, including market volatility and the evolving landscape of digital assets, which could impact Bitcoin's journey to a $6 trillion market cap. An ex-user stated that this outlook is bearish, highlighting Bitcoin's bottom-up growth. He stated, this seems overly bearish. Demand for gold is globally on nation state level. However, Bitcoin demand is growing from bottom up. People were first to adopt, uh, not nations. Fidelity's analysis underscores the transformative potential of Bitcoin in the financial landscape, while reaching a $6 trillion market cap, would be a remarkable feat. Timmer's insights provide valuable perspectives on Bitcoin's trajectory. As the digital asset continues to gain traction as a digital store of value, its market cap growth remains a topic of keen interest and speculation among investors and analysts alike. In summary, Fidelity's analysis offers a compelling case for Bitcoin's potential to reach a $6 trillion market cap driven by its unique characteristics and growing acceptance in mainstream finance. And we can't really predict Bitcoin price here and don't, so. Uh, but it's just interesting to hear what people have to say. Uh, I'm happy to own it and uh, to continue to acquire more. And uh, it's uh, it has value to me far exceeding uh, certainly today's price and last article here is from cointelegraph this was posted uh, yesterday uh, texas blockchain council and riot secure win against u.s energy officials the texas blockchain council and bitcoin mining firm riot platforms have won a favorable ruling from the united states district judge in a lawsuit against several u.s energy officials On February 22nd, Cointelegraph reported that the TBC and Riot alleged the U.S. Department of Energy, Energy Information Agency, the Office of Management and Budget, and their respective leaderships thought invasive data collection from cryptocurrency miners. According to a February 23rd filing in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Texas, The TBC and RIOT convinced the judge that irreversible harm would happen without a temporary restraining order against further data collection. As a result, the court enforced a a TRO that prohibits the EIA from requiring crypto miners to respond to the survey, as well as prohibiting the EIA from sharing any data that is already received from the survey. The court finds that the plaintiffs have shown through a verified complaint and supporting evidence that immediate and irreparable injury, loss, or damage will result if a TRO is not issued. The TBC and Ride argued that the potential damages include non-recoverable costs of compliance with the survey, a credible threat of prosecution if they do not comply, and the disclosure of proprietary information requested. Additionally, there was disagreement over the duration of the survey for minors to com- complete with no compensation. Although the EIA estimated a completion time of approximately 30 minutes, the court deemed this estimation extremely inaccurate. Meanwhile, the TBC and Riot also challenged the estimate stating that cost of compliance so far has been over 40 hours. Based on the evidence provided, the court deemed that TBC and Riot were likely to win the lawsuit. Additionally, it alleged the EIA misused its authority to have the emergency survey approved. A move the court deems falls far short of justifying such an action. The plaintiffs also demonstrate that they are likely to succeed on the merits the survey was proposed and approved under an emergency provision of the PRA, the filing noted. It was further stated that the TRO will lapse before March 25th with its objective for the four weeks to preserve the status quo. So good for them. Uh, That was that survey was definitely government overreach. And, uh, you know, your only recourse, I guess, is to sue the government whenever they do that kind of stuff. And finally, just want to highlight this week's uh, post on the Bitcoin Fortress newsletter. It's entitled The Bitcoin Citadel 10 Ways to Fortify Your Financial Life with Bitcoin. So check it out. I will include a link to that in the show notes. And with that, uh, we'll wrap it up. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like and leave a comment. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also. Follow my substack at bitcoinfortress.substack.com. And oh, by the way, if you're not listening on Fountain, you probably should be. You can earn uh, sats just for listening to your favorite podcast. That's how I consume all of my podcast content. And finally, you can follow me on Noster. Um, My NPub is in the show notes. um, And that's where I am. And with that, I will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.